0: Sat Welcome to the podcast, Vibrate the Cosmos. I am your host, Adi Shakti. My service here is to guide you into a rich relationship with the teachings of Kundalini Yoga in relation to the cosmic cycles and astrological alignments of the current times. I've been practicing Kundalini Yoga for around 15 years now and teaching both in Australia and overseas since 2006. I'm also a registered doctor of traditional Chinese medicine and an acutonic sound healer and astrologer. As you will get to know, I'm an eclectic of many modalities and a lover of the integrated whole. As above, so below. As within, so without. Which is why the Aquarian Age Sutra, vibrate the cosmos and the cosmos shall clear the path, has always intrigued me. How is it that the celestial abode can clear the path? How do we align consciously with millions of stars and planets that are light years away from us? Well, for me, the past 15 years has been profound as I've explored many medicines, disciplines, sciences, and philosophies to gain not only knowledge but experiential wisdom of what is my ultimate truth and how I fit in with the bigger picture. This podcast is a gift to those willing to journey with me into the magic, the wonders and profound insights I have integrated into my unique way of existence or what it is I'm currently traversing into my soul truth and i'm joyed to share with you what has added extraordinary value to the experience of living life through the sharing of the celestial vernacular i hope to support your sadhana that's your spiritual practice to inspire you with meditations and kundalini kriya which are postures for purification but most importantly to deliver the relevance of why it's so poignant to undertake such practices and alignments with the cosmic cycles that are guiding us right now. It is also my intention to guide you with practical activities that can deepen your personal connection to the mysterious Indra's web, the subtle connection of all things and ultimately the somatic and palpable realisation that we are indeed Ekonka, meaning we are all one. And that separation is an illusion, and unity is our sole truth. You can expect mythology, storytelling, meditation, mantra, astrology, astronomy, psychology, yogic and Taoist lifestyle wisdom, personal experience, and healing techniques to flavor our intergalactic interludes. Thank you so much for joining me, and let us begin. It was Christmas 2015 when I designed a six-week kundalini yoga program for the students and teachers at Centre for Life. I was opting to go with something light and joyous after a deep six-week process in our previous chapter called Rage, The Unexpected Teacher. So I began researching kundalini yoga kriyas and meditations from a multitude of resources and the plan was to tie kriyas to the archetypal attributes of Venus and Aphrodite. As I explored her archetypes and collective conscious influences, I learned that this planetary archetype was a lot deeper, intriguing and even more impactful than I ever could have imagined. In my original expression of the goddess, I was aiming to take students on a journey of love, beauty, anti-aging, and youth-promoting Kriya and meditation, doused with just a little bit of intrigue into the shadow side of the goddess's projection, that being vanity and narcissism. To deepen the content, I started looking into other mythology, besides the Roman and Greek. As I looked into mythology around the goddess and came across the oldest mythology I could find on her. You may have heard of it. It's called the story of Inanna from the Sumerian tablets of the 7th century BC. In fact, the myth is proclaimed to be from the 17th century BC according to the Sumerians. The story of Inanna coupled with the planet's synodic cycle propelled me into a vortex of wisdom and experience that changed my life forever. Now before we explore the myth of Anana, there's a few things we need to grasp in the actual Venus synodic cycle. So for those of you that aren't familiar with astronomy and astrology, the term synodic simply means a planet's orbit around the sun in relation to another planet. So today we're looking at the Earth-Venus synodic cycle. And there's just a few key features in the synodic cycle that we need to comprehend to give more depth to the Inanna myth. So these are, number one, the interior conjunction. And what that means is that we're looking at the Sun, the planet and the Earth all being in the same alignment. So the planet, that being Venus, is situated in between the sun and the earth. Thus having Venus at her closest point to the earth in their orbits around the sun. The interior conjunct also coincides with the planet's retrograde period. Put simply, that means the planet is so close to the earth that it appears to do a loop back on its own orbit for a short period of time. Currently, as we record this, Venus is retrograde and will be from the 4th of March till the 15th of April. A very curious 40 days and 40 nights. Now, for the second term and key feature of a synodic cycle, it's an exterior conjunct. And this is when the planet is furthest away from Earth and is on the other side of the Sun. But the three are all in alignment again. This time we have the Earth, the Sun and Venus. So the Sun is in the middle rather than Venus. Why are these terms important? Well, as the Venus and Earth conjunct, there's a certain amount of time that the planet is no longer visible in the evening or morning sky. And this is also the time when an evening star, or technically a planet... Transitions from being visible in the evening sky to being visible in the morning sky, or vice versa. The time it takes for the planet to move through the interior or exterior conjunct can be deemed as a journey into the underworld. As the planet appears to disappear from the sky as it makes its way towards the rays of the sun. 10 degrees either side of the sun has the planet completely obscured by the rays of the sun. Each synodic cycle lasts approximately 584 days, so just remember that. But a new synodic cycle begins when Venus comes in close to us for the interior conjunct, which is what is happening right now. She's at her interior conjunct on the 25th of March. And she's been retrograde since March 4th until April 15th. So we have the interior conjunct and the retrograde happening with the planet Venus closest to Earth in her orbit. Her retrograde period, as I said before, lasts 40 days and 40 nights. And it marks the end of one synodic cycle, that being a 584 day cycle. And the beginning of the next 584 day cycle. So this is a really exciting time for us to contemplate. Venus, the heavenly goddess, is finishing up one cycle and beginning a new cycle. It's all about creativity, really. But now here's where the real magic happens. Every eight years, Venus has five synodic cycles. Each retrograde period creates one Of the star points of the pentagonal star. Amazingly the planet of beauty and love creates a five-pointed star in the cosmos with earth every eight years and the starting point of each eight-year cycle is only two degrees away from where the previous eight-year cycle began. Therefore Venus's cycle is like the second hand of the universe. You can set your watch by it. Each one of the star points also occurs in a different sign of the zodiac. So the last synodic cycle occurred in Leo. And we're now entering a new 584 day cycle in the sign of Aries. As I said, this starts on Saturday, March 25th, just four days away from now. With an interior conjunct that marks the beginning of a new cycle, this also has her presenting as the morning star. So what does that mean? How is Venus a morning star? Well, it means we can rise before dawn and witness the diamond of the sky on the eastern horizon just before the sun comes up. She'll remain a morning star for 263 days before she reaches the other side of the sun known as the exterior conjunct and she'll merge into the rays of the sun or the underworld for 60 to 90 days then she'll emerge as the evening star for another 263 days before coming in close for the great kiss with us at her next interior conjunct And 40 day retrograde period something else I just wanted to point out is that she's a morning star and an evening star for almost the same amount of time as what a woman is pregnant for the gestation period and again remembering that Venus is the planet of procreation and creation so if you're wanting to birth a new project Perhaps you're wanting to have a change in your life. Anything that requires the creative spark, the creative force, can be gifted to the Venus Cycle and worked with in this 584 day period. So these astronomical facts are essential in the overlay of our mythological story, Inanna, Queen of Heaven and Earth. So just take a moment anchor in on the interior conjunct the exterior conjunct when she's furthest away from the sun she has a 60 to 90 day underworld time at the exterior conjunct and then she comes back around as the evening star for the interior conjunct which is where we are now the retrograde period the interior conjunct She's invisible at the moment. She's in the rays of the sun but only for 10 days on the interior conjunct. And then she comes back out birthed as the beautiful morning star and where she'll be for the next nine and a half months roughly. The story of Anana begins with a calling. A calling to the underworld to visit her sister Erishkagal and witness the death rites of Arishgagal's husband. She was inspired to turn her ear to the underworld and hear the cries of her older sister. With the blessings of her grandfather Enki, she proceeded to the underworld, the land of no return. But before doing so, she gathers seven attributes of civilization, such as her crown, Gold jewelry and a royal red robe for protection. She also informs her trustful servant Ninchkabar what to do in case of her return. Arriving at the gates of the underworld, Anana declares herself as Queen of Heaven and Queen of Earth, and that she's on her way to the east. Nettie, the gatekeeper of the underworld, is skeptical and questions her further. Nettie is still concerned and uncertain, and so delivers her message to Arishkigal, Queen of the Underworld. Arishkigal is enraged when she hears of Anana robed in the seven royal attributes at the gate to the Underworld. And after dwelling for some time, Arishkigal tells Nettie to let Anana, Holy Priestess of Heaven, in one gate at a time. She must remove her royal garments one by one and enter the underworld naked and bowed low. Neti does as he is told and allows Anana to enter one gate at a time. As she does, he removes one of her garments, beginning with her crown, representing her god connection to heaven and the crown chakra. Then at the second gate, he removes her lapis lazuli earrings, her sense of magic and ability to manifest at the third eye. The third gate, her double-stranded necklace is removed, which represents her rapture of illumination and her throat chakra. At the fourth gate, her breastplate is removed representing her emotional heart called come man come this is symbolic of her heart chakra the fifth gate her hip girdle is removed representing her ego and her solar plexus the sixth gate her lapis measuring rod and line in her hand which represents her will and at the level of the genitals. And finally, the seventh gate, her garment of ladyship, her red robe, which represents her sex role and the root chakra. Initially, Inanna had given up her worldly possessions in preparation for the descent to the underworld, but this was not enough. Making the descent into the underworld required even more. This part of the myth, the seven gate descent into the underworld, coincides with the phases from Venus's interior conjunct to her superior conjunct, which will be on the 9th of January 2018. And this seven gate descent represents the seven gates where the moon and Venus conjunct in the sky each month. So this will be at the time of the waning crescent moon or just before the dark moon when the moon is a slight slither in the sky. You can look out and if it's a clear night or clear morning I should say, she's a morning star. So clear morning just before the dark moon you can look outside before sunrise and there will be Venus and the moon next to each other in the sky. Keep an eye out for it. 23rd of April will actually see her at the first gate where she's removing her heavenly crown in preparation for the descent. Once again I urge you to keep a close eye out for these alignments and also keep a tight journal of your personal experiences during each gate. Now back to the myth Anana, Queen of Heaven and Earth enters the underworld, naked and bowed low. Erishkigal fastens the eyes of death upon Anana. speaking against her the words of wrath, utters against her the cry of guilt and strikes her. Anana is turned into a corpse, a piece of rotting meat, and hung on a hook, on the wall this time frame represents the underworld period when venus is at her exterior conjunct on the other side of the sun and we lose visibility of her in the sky for 60 to 90 days psychologically all descents provide entry into many different layers of consciousness and can enhance life creatively all descents imply suffering, and all of them can serve as initiations. A fundamental aspect of the descent is the letting go of the illusions around old, worn-out beliefs. Ultimately, the purpose is for the journey of spiritual initiation and self-empowerment. So what is it for you? What can you let go of each month? How does that relate to the chakra or the gate that Venus and Moon are conjuncting at? How is it that over these next nine and a half months we can become empty so we can go into the underworld and come out be filled anew? After three days and nights just like the dark moon phase of every month, Ninshabar begins to lament and beat the drum for Inanna. Then she goes to Inanna's grandfather on her mother's side, Enki, who is kind and compassionate and understands Inanna's need for growth and wisdom. Enki creates two androgynous creatures to whom he gives the food and water of life. He instructs them to enter the underworld as flies. He tells them, Erishkigal will be moaning and complaining of her pains as if she's in labor and that you are to echo her cries. This would please her and she will offer them gifts. They are asked only for the corpse hanging from the wall. Then they will sprinkle the food and water of life on Anana, and she will rise. The two flies enter the underworld. Arishkagal is crying and moaning and the flies echo her pain. She feels comforted and offers her blessing to the flies. So they ask for the corpse hanging on the hook. She gives them the corpse. Where they sprinkle the water and food of life upon Inanna, and she rises, loathsome and claiming her survival. The exact same characteristics of any man or woman coming out of the hiding or the underworld and ready to stand their ground. Inanna, in her demonic state, is about to leave the underworld when she is told someone must be sent in her place. As Inanna leaves the underworld dressed in a soiled, slack cloth and surrounded by underworld demons, Ninshkabar throws herself at her feet, but Anana refuses. She chooses to send her husband, Demuzi, who didn't mourn her deaths. And as Inanna ascends from the underworld, at each gate she reclaims her royal garments and jewellery. She is then restored back to full brightness as the evening star. Again astrologically marked by the Venus moon conjuncts, this time with the waxing new moon. This cycle represents a time of remembering and maturing. Asking us observers here on earth, what is it we can mature around each chakra during her evening star phase and moon conjuncts? What a magical cycle we can consciously participate in for our own individuation process. It's right there in the sky for us to witness and align with. So how do we do that? Well... It's my hope that what you'll take away from this podcast is that you'll start looking at the sky. And first of all, sync in with the moon, knowing whether it's a waxing or a waning moon. So you go out, have a look, get to know the moon phases, or you can even get an app on your phone that will tell you the moon phases. But still go outside and have a look so that you can tell if it's from new moon, waxing and building to the full moon. And then from full moon to new moon, this is the waning phase, so it's like the reverse. And once Venus comes back up out in the sky in the morning, she'll be next to the moon just before it goes into the dark moon and becomes a new moon cycle again. The Second thing you can do is watch for Venus's return as the morning star from around April 2nd on the eastern horizon before sun the first Venus and Moon conjunction that will be visible to us will be on April 23rd, and then the preceding months from there. So again, get to know the Moon face, start watching for Venus's rise in the morning sky from around April 2nd, and then start to see if you can see the two of them together, and that first opportunity will be on April 23rd. I would highly recommend also seeing Venus rise on the morning of April 26 because this is when she's at her maximum brightness. Be up before the sun and look east. Then follow along all her moon conjuncts and follow us along as well for practical meditations to do for each chakra as she has her moon conjunct at that same chakra level. That way we can prepare for the descent into the journey of the underworld. Now, what I recommend to do at this time, in addition, is if you're an experienced kundalini yoga practitioner, is to get a copy of the Shabbat, Healing the Wounds of Love. My favorite version is by Mirabai on their album Sacred Love Meditations. And I think that this is a great shepherd to do right now because Venus is in her retrograde period. And although it did start on March 4th, we still have until April 15th until she stations direct. So during this time, it's powerful for us to heal the wounds of love, to do some cord cutting ceremonies and to clear out what it is we're no longer feeling a connection to. What is no longer valuable to us. Or is a resource to us. And where we might be leaking energy because we're still holding on to that. So a lot of reflection at the moment. And healing the wounds of love can be very powerful in helping us close a relationship. Not only for us but also the other person involved. So if you know this Shabad, jump on Spirit Voyage, download it, and start playing it each day, chanting along. The Shabad is a composure of four love letters that Guru Arjan wrote to his father Guru Ram Das, claiming his love for the Guru. And when presented to Guru Ram Das, he declared that anyone who chants these words would be healed from the wounds of love. Now if you're just new to kundalini yoga and meditating, I'd like to suggest something a little less complicated than beginning with the Shabhad. I suggest chanting in monotone this phrase. Love is love. Love is love. Love is love. And do that for 11 minutes. Take your thumb and index finger together. This is the mudra, Gyan mudra, the seal of wisdom. And then just cross your hands over at the wrists and place them in front of your heart chakra, holding them there while you chant, love is love. And try that for 40 days. Journal your experience, your relationship to love And what is revealed to you at the end of the 40 day period i guarantee you'll be blown away so i hope that you've enjoyed this fable with so much depth psychological and spiritual awareness and how it connects us to the cosmos i hope that you're inspired and as excited as i am about the new cycle that venus is entering the new synodic cycle in the star point of aries and what we can do with this creatively if some of it still isn't anchored in just follow us along for the journey we'll be continuing with this for the whole cycle please feel free to share this podcast Stay tuned with us on social media or via our blogs at www.centerforlife.com.au. Keep an eye out for our upcoming workshops where you can join us for some practical experiences and retreats, and all the dates will be available on the website. Thank you so much for joining me on this Venus journey and how we can truly vibrate the cosmos with Kundalini Yoga, meditation. Consciousness and community. Blessings to all. Satnam.